that video showed four girls sitting around a table. Showed four girls sitting around a table. You have come to a great church today. We have echo effects. Not because I play in the band. Dang it. Yeah, I got to preach one time. I got to preach one time. I wasn't going to share this with you, but I will now because the echo. Uh, anybody remember uh, a guy by the name of Lou Gehrig that played baseball back in the day? Okay. Lou Gehrig got Lou Gehrig's disease, what they now name it, and uh, he had to retire from baseball, and he's really, really famous for being in Yankee Stadium and say, when, he, when he's getting ready to retire, he says, today I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. And I got to preach in front of 8,000 people one time. So people say, are, are you scared of getting in front of a crowd? Not to preach. To play an instrument? Yes, I am. Still today. Don't know why. But 8,000 people, you know why it's not a big deal to preach in front of 8,000 people? You only see the first three rows. <laughs> so I get up there, and I'm in Peoria Convention Center. Have you ever been there? It's huge. And I'm sitting up there, and I'm on the stage, and I got, like, monitors here. I have no idea what they're for. There's numbers flashing to me, and I'm like, oh, there it is. Okay, I have five minutes. I'm like, I can take some time out of that five minutes and say this. And I literally, to the crowd, I said, I've always wanted to do this. So I get up, and I go, Today, 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 I consider myself, 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 the luckiest man, 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 in the face of the earth, earth. Now, they were very kind because they went, ah, just like Lou Gehrig did at Yankee Stadium. I felt awesome. <laughs> now, here's the deal. The video, the video uh, shows this. It shows four people sitting around a table. Now, here's the deal. You don't, have to see it on, you don't have to see it on the screen. Go to lunch today. Anywhere you go. Shall I dare say, maybe in our house. And there's three of them that are sitting right here, and there's one girl that's trying to talk. If you, if you noticed her words, she started saying, my friend got me a pet dragon. We took over a castle. We won this land. It's completely fake and made up. And the one girl says, she says, get off your phone. And one girl says, I was just checking my email. One girl says, I was listening. I was just multitasking. Here's the deal. There is a gender that says that they can multitask maybe better than the other. Both are capable. I'm going to tell you something. You cannot do it very well with this. And I'll show you. I'll show you how sharp that gets real quick. I heard this, dad, 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 dad. Yes, I made this for you. What's more important? Think about this. Not financially. What is more important? Your iPhone or whatever you have. And if you, if you break one of these, they think that the inside is solid gold. <laughs> what is more important? I have a drawing from my daughter or an iPhone 5S. I'm going to tell you something right now. You can take this. You can give me any drawing that my, any of my girls have ever, have ever done for me, and you can have this. I'll trade you. But it's not the way that I live sometimes, and it's not the way we live. We have a problem with relationships, don't we? See, I grew up, you're going to hear a story this morning about me growing up with my best friend. And we didn't, I wish, I, some of you are going to have a heart attack. If you're under the age of, of 20, or under the age of 23 or 4, 
you're going to flip your lid when I tell you this. I'm only 35. I got my first cell phone when I was 23. Right before I got married. It was like my pre-wedding present. I'm like, yes, cell phone. I remember I'm like, I can talk anywhere. I walk around the mall going, well, I can talk to anybody I want to, wherever I am. Now I can FaceTime with China on this thing, whatever. Here's the deal. Since its introduction, this thing is playing into, number one, it's, de- it's, it's invading our freedom. It's invading our freedom. We've talked the whole month about freedom, and Jack mentioned that. And in July, we've talked about freedom, and, and, we've, and we've seen this. We've seen that we've had the freedom from our past. And I shared with you that Jesus Christ, forgiving you of your sin, meeting you where you are, helping you over that addiction, you can have freedom from your past. And in fact, I went on to say, you don't have to be defined by your past because that stuff that you're hung up with has already been paid for by the blood of Jesus dying on the cross. You have to ask him. You have to have that relationship. You have to ask him to get out of that. But there is freedom from your past. There's also last week, and some of you were kind. Some of you, some of you last week said, said that, I'm glad you preached on Facebook. That's all my kids and grandkids do. Listen, there's a lot of people in here on Facebook. I'm not going to down Facebook. In fact, I'll tell you this. At Connection Church, we will leverage Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, anything that we can to be relevant in this culture and, and let them see what we see. I, we, will leverage, we will leverage this thing as much as we can. Do you know why? everybody's got one. Everybody has one. Okay, think about it. I taught school. You ready for this? <laughs> I went down to the third grade classroom one day. Third grade. Third grade. Three. Third grade. Were they eight? Nine? Four kids in a classroom had cell phones. Now, I went outside and like cut myself, and I cut myself on my metal Tonka trucks, or I got blisters from swinging a baseball bat in my yard too many times. And I know some of you are like, well, he's only 35, but he's talking like he's 65 now. <laughs> and when I'm in my day, I went outside. Now listen, we will leverage this. We will leverage this to spread the love of Jesus Christ because this is very, very relevant. Very relevant. You go to any leadership conference, you're going to use this. Most businesses operate with, that, with this. There's no paper anymore. It's this. It's digital. Send me an email. Send me a text message. And that's what I want to talk about how we're in trouble today. And freedom in our relationships. Now, I know some of you are going to go, oh boy, he's talking about the cell phone again. It can't be that big of a deal, Matt. Listen, I was just very honest with you, and I told you how big of a deal it was with me sitting at home with my stupid cell phone And my daughter wanting my attention to tell me that she was giving me a picture that she drew. That wasn't God getting my attention. That was God hitting me in the face with a shovel. Do you understand, Matt, the miracles that I've given you and your two daughters and your wife? And all of a sudden, at lunch or at supper or breakfast or you're watching TV or some time that you're supposed to be spending with them and that thing goes ping. What's it say? We have this, almost this possession that goes over us. 
I'm going to turn my ringer on. Just so you know. Do not text me. Do not text me. You know what? I'm going to shut it off. Because some of you, see, I can handle this. Okay? I've, been re- I've been trying really, really hard. The other day, watch this. If, some, if, it, if it was you that texted me, you're going to be, you're going to be mad. <laughs> it went ping. And I did this. Well, my cell phone just went off. I'll get to that later. And I continued the movie that I was watching with my girls. Some of you have this new word called FOMO, F-O-M-O. I mentioned it last week. F-O-M-O, fear of missing out. Some of you have it so bad, and I have been in that category. Some of you had it so bad, if my phone ding, you're going to come up here and say, Matt, look what you missed. (laughs) I had the fear of missing out for you. You You have to hear this. You have to see this. Matt, 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 in that, in, that, in that video, there are three girls that are sitting around, and, the, and the, you heard the girl, get off your phone, and then her phone dings, and she continues to try to have a conversation, and everybody around her goes, oh, what's that, what's that, what's that, what's that, until she finally gives in, and she checks it, and she's doing the same thing that they're doing. Freedom in our relationships. We're going to look at our relationships with our spouses, our significant others, whether we're dating or whatever. Our kids, our coworkers, our grandkids, every single person, your friend, every single person that you have a relationship with today. I want you to be very, very open to what God has for us to hear today. So to do that, I'm going to ask him to open our heads and our minds and our hearts. So if you would, just pray with me. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the developments in technology that we can have. But God, speak to us today about how that development and those developments get in our way of you. God, that we can have freedom in relationship, but being tethered to that device is not helping us. God, speak loudly to us this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. First and foremost, some of you are going to go post on your way home, maybe even in church, because we can't stay off of them. And we post on our way home. Connection, warning, do not go to 430 service. Connection pastors against cell phones. So you're going to put this. I'm not against cell phones. I have one. It's how some of you contact me. Okay, great. We're going to be in John chapter 13. If you have your Bible or you have your cell phone, get your cell phone out. Get your tablet out. If you have it, look, on, look with me at, at John, not, not yet, not on screen. John 13, and we're going to be in 34, verse 34. So 13, 34. And I'm going to give you a little bit of background about where we're looking at. Now, the book of John, uh, if you're a new follower of Jesus Christ, or if you're a new... I'm getting a lot of feedback from that thing. If you're a new follower of Christ, I highly encourage you to read the book of John. It starts in eternity. Whoa. It starts in like pre-eternity. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. It talks about life before earth. And it takes us all the way past Jesus' crucifixion and his ascension into heaven. And then Jesus tells us he's going to come back. You get a huge, broad spectrum in the book of John. It gives you a a good understanding of what's going on. But in this chapter, in verse 13, or in chapter 13, excuse me, they're all having supper together. Now, I was was preparing for this sermon, and and the thing that came through my mind was this. Answer this to yourself. Don't answer it out loud. When's the last time that you sat down with your entire family 
with no interruption from any cell phone or any technological device. Do not answer that out loud. Some of you don't want to answer that out loud. I do not want to answer that out loud. Didn't until the other day. Without any interruption. Listen, this is a warning kind of to some of you. If you text me and I don't immediately text you back, and you call like 17 times, chances are I have my cell phone. But the chances are I may not call you back because I have something going on. I called a person back yesterday. I said, hey, I called you back. I saw I missed your call. He goes, well, I was, I was, I was mowing the yard. I said, okay, cool, not a problem. I didn't, I'm like, I didn't say, well, I wish you would have answered the phone because you called me. And I have a fear of missing out because I don't know what you were going to tell me. Some of you would be laughing about that about 3 o'clock when you get it. Jesus is taking some time with his disciples. Now listen, this intimate dinner, this is the Last Supper. Okay, that we were talking about the Last Supper. Jesus is sitting down with 12 of his most intimate friends. Actually, 11. Because Judas has already decided in his mind that he's gonna, what he's going to do. And he's sitting down with these men. And in this custom, they would have not been hanging out in chairs. This is an even more intimate dinner than if we sat down at our, at our kitchen table. They're reclining. They're more than likely sitting on pillows and laying on the floor. Okay? They're hanging out with each other. It's like in 2015, it would be like you hanging out with your kids on the couch with the ottoman out. You're just going, all just chilling. This is exactly what it is, a very intimate moment. And Jesus is, is going to talk to them, and he's going to tell them something that goes beyond their, their possible thinking of that time. He is going to challenge them like they've never been challenged, and they don't even know it. For three years, these guys have heard about this new way, this I'm going to follow Jesus. This is new, okay, brand new to them. But now Jesus is on his way to the cross. He's going to be crucified. He's going to die. So what does he do? I know this is going to shock some of you, but even on the way to his death, Jesus taught. It shouldn't surprise us at all. He's our greatest example. On our way to death, we should teach. I, ta- I know people that knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that unless God showed up at their house and physically healed them, that they were going to die. My grandmother had cancer. My grandfather had cancer. We lost both of them under the age of 75, and we lost them both within six weeks of each other. They knew it was coming, and what did they do? Hey, come over. Let's have dinner. There wasn't one single cell phone that rang during that dinner, I can guarantee you. Number one, because my grandma would probably knock you backwards out of your chair if you had it at the table. Listen, I'm the smallest guy on both sides of my family. She had three boys. Tough woman. This... Not good to receive. You didn't pull that stuff with her because she knew what intimate meeting was. She enjoyed family time. Have we perverted it with this stupid thing? Some of you are going to leave here going, the only thing he talked about was he hated cell phones. I do not hate this cell phone. I like this cell phone. I like it. I could have a worse one. I could have a better one. I like this one. It's mine. Look, at, look with me on the screen. Look at, look at John 13, 34. If you have your Bibles, you can follow along there, but check it out on the screen. He says this. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Now, three words. 
Three words, Jesus is getting ready to change the course of history with three words. With three words. It's funny, in a couple chapters, he, he also ends it with three words. He says, it is finished. And then he goes three days, and then God does it again. He says, arise, my love. You see this? With three words, he physically changed the courses of history. And he says, I want you to love each other. I want you to love people. But Jesus, we do that. Jesus probably quickly reminds them. It's not recorded here. He probably quickly reminds them. Oh, yeah? You remember before Matthew became a a disciple and he was a tax collector and we went over to eat at his house? Oh, yeah. You didn't love him then? Oh, yeah. Loving each other. Loving each other. They, I want to ask you this. We're going to talk about a lot of, we're going to talk about mealtime, okay, a lot today. It is one thing to sit down at your table and to all be present around the table. Now, watch this. Anybody ever had a fondue meal? I love them, especially chocolate fondue. No, but you have oil and you, and it takes time. It takes a lot of time because you cook one bite at a time. Unless you get the great big pot, and you like throw the ribeye in it, cook the whole <laughs> But it's, it's an intimate time to sit and hang out and to fellowship. And then you break out the chocolate fondue, and you dip awesome. It doesn't matter what you dip in chocolate to me. You could dip ribeye steak in chocolate. I'd probably like it. But it's an intimate time. This is exactly what they're doing right now. They're spending time. Jesus is spending time, and he's putting into them. If you look at this, the only interruption in this last meal is when Jesus looks at Judas, he says, you, get, you better get on going and do what you need to do. It's the only interruption that we see. We have no, no idea how long it took, but this was a special, special, special meal. Intimate meal. He says, I want you to love each other. Why? Because even today, our Christ-like love, me and you, The way that we love other people should show people without us saying a word, they're a follower of Jesus. They're a follower of Jesus. Now, I know. Some days are some days. I get it. Some of you understand what I mean. Some days are just some days, right? But the last thing on your mind was, oh, oh yeah, I'm not going to let you in this door first. you, You do not understand the day that I've had. Okay, we all have that stuff. But loving each other in such a way that Jesus says, or the author of Hebrews later says, they will know that we're followers of Jesus by our love, by the way that we love, by the way that we, that we, that we treat people, by the way that we reach people. Look at verse 35. He keeps going on. Look at the next verse. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. This is Jesus talking. Listen, guys, you remember that time when you didn't want to go, but we went over to Levi's house anyway? And, you, and all the way there, Peter was going, he's a tax collector. No one likes him. It's going to ruin our, our status. He's going to ruin my social image. Jesus, I'm not going into his house. And we're not, we're not told, but there's a very strong possibility that Jesus probably, because he does it in Scripture when it's recorded, he probably turns around to Peter and says, do you think we always like you? Now, Jesus rebuked, Jesus rebuked Peter in Scripture because he says, he says, get behind me, Satan, because he doesn't know what he's doing. He said, listen, you don't know the plans. You need to get back here. And it's almost like a, hey, come on. 
Stop jumping on the couch. Jesus imitated the example of a perfect father. Flesh of God. And we're not told what he says, but I can only imagine the conversation. He said, Peter, guys, do you remember where you were before you met me? You were making an astronomical large amount of money mending fish nets, weren't you? No. They fish day to day. They fish today to eat tomorrow. These are not wealthy, wealthy individuals. That they, were low, they will know us by our love. I like this. I wrote this. This verse says nothing like this. This verse says nothing about they will know us by our bickering. Now, before we laugh... You know people because of their bickering. They will know us because of our yelling. I am so guilty of this. They will know us by our petty arguments, our jealousy, our division. Jesus says, They will know you follow me because of the way you love. It's easy to be defined by, oh, listen, I'm telling you, you go back and you talk, to, you, you displace yourself from this year, you go back to 2001, you go to my college, you talk to the guys that I hung out with. Oh, that's a pretty cool guy. He hangs out with us. Now, now, you switch that group of friends, go talk to the girls that Mary hung out with. That guy's a jerk. She didn't, she should never have talked to me after the first time that she talked to me. In fact, she told one of her friends, I don't care if I ever talk to him again. Thank God. She did. It took me a whole semester in New Testament class to write her notes to get her back, though. I'm like, hey, I'm really not a jerk. I'm really not a jerk. Will you please go on a date with me? She made me pay for it. We went out the outback. I said, oh, you, 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 you want a salad? She's like, no, nah, 16-ounce New York strip, medium rare with baked potato. Okay. I knew then I loved her because she liked steak. But it says we should be known for our love, not our dissension, not our yelling, not our bickering, not our, not our bad. We should be known by our love. We think this is easy. Because it is easy to say, oh, I love you. Okay. Jesus, Jesus talks to Peter about this also. He goes, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. What's he say? Feed my sheep. Oh, wait, what the word? Wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute. He had a problem with this because he knew what feed my sheep meant. Jesus said, do you love me? Yes, then feed my sheep. Get dirty and messy in ministry and show them because of the way that you love how real I am. Oh, what'd you say again? Do you love me? Yes, God, I love you then feed my sheep. But it's messy. It gets dirty. We don't like to forgive people that hurt us. When it happens to someone else doing something to you, we are the first people, because we're human, we yell this, we want justice. If it happens to somebody in our family, we are the first people to yell mercy. We have trouble with forgiveness. But Jesus tells these dudes right here, they will know you because of the way that you love. 
So Jesus tells him this. If you have your worship hand out, flip the green piece of paper open to the first place to take notes and look at this. Jesus had just washed their feet. The lowest form of servanthood recorded in the Bible. The Son of God, a guy named Emmanuel, which means God with us. He was a man, God. He was God with flesh on so we could see him bent down. There is, no, there is no thing that all of us have done. Take the best thing that you've ever done. You add them all up with everybody in this room. It still does not qualify Jesus to bend over at the waist, let alone to get down on the floor to wash your feet or my feet. And he does it because he says, I want you to understand this. After Jesus had washed the disciples' feet, he, he tells them simply to love one another. Do you think the disciples got a pretty good picture of that they will know you by your love? They understood what it, what it meant for someone to bend down and touch their feet. Like, can you imagine that? I've seen feet washing before. I've seen some people, they're like, I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't need this. I don't want this. And it's very humbling. The humbling part is not washing. The humbling part is sitting there letting someone else wash your feet. That's hard. Because you're being served, and especially if you're a person that says, I don't need any help. And you're like, I... and some people sit in the chair and go, that's not how I wash my feet. Listen, some people have an argument for everything. But he simply tells them to love one another. Love is a verb. Did you know that? It's also a song. Love is a verb. Love is an action. Love, does, love is not a noun. Love is motion. Of emotion. It's, it's, they will know you by your love, by how you love them, how you accept them. How can we love others as Jesus did? <laughs> it's hard. How about this? How can we other, uh, love others like Jesus did? You help when it's not convenient. You give when it hurts. You give time to help others rather than yourself. And you absorb hurts from others without complaining back. Doesn't that just sound like a great job? If you put that in the paper, there would be this many people turn in a resume. I want to work when it's not convenient. Can I please, can I please work seven days a week with 14-hour shifts? Oh, and I want to work with that guy that does not get along with anybody because I like that. No, you don't. Do not lie in church. No, you don't. You shouldn't lie outside church either. <laughs> but we have this, we have an issue when Jesus says, I want you to love like me, this, think about this. When's the last time somebody said something negative or something hurtful to you and you didn't respond? If you're a last word person like me, that's hard. It's hard to do. But because it's hard to do, this is why people notice it. Jesus said, we'll be known by our love. It's that time when it is absolutely, listen, I have been there. I have been there. I have been in a room with a person in my family that was inappropriately touched by another man, and that man was on his hospital deathbed. And I watched that person in my family. I wanted, I wanted justice. I want him to answer for what he did. Here's the deal. I watched that 
that person in my family walk up and say this. Three words. Ready? I forgive you. All I saw was red. All I saw was hate. That person said, I forgive you. That person realized that as a human, hurting people hurt other people. They realized that they themselves had their own closet full of stuff. See, when, we, when you take the time to realize where you've come from, it's often easier to love people because you know how God's loved you, even in your worst state. We want instant everything. This, this, I'll show you. Our relationships have gone from love one another to watch this. You log on to Facebook. And I don't, know, I don't know when yours is, when it sends yours, but you get the birthday. Whose birthday is it? You know what? It even tells you within like two weeks of who's coming up for birthday. Sometimes I'm really, I really want to get ahead. <laughs> I'm like, coffee paste, happy birthday, coffee paste. Now, you're, now you realize that you are mandatorily, mandatorily obligated to make the Facebook happy birthday post. It's a law. <laughs> it's not a law, okay? Don't, don't, oh my gosh, I've broken the law. No, don't get out your cell phone. It's not a law. But that's, see, this is what we want. It's my birthday. I'm going to check on here. That person did not send me a happy birthday announcement. Some of us are that detail-oriented. We say, oh, well, I want to point a finger at that person anyway. If they didn't send me a birthday announcement, hmm, that's not loving one another. That's showing your true self. Guess what? If you show your true self, that, they can see that anywhere. Who cares if they send you a Facebook post about happy birthday? I appreciate everybody. I mean, I got like, I don't know how many I got. I can tell you this. I sat, I sat with my laptop and I'm in my recliner, and Mary's watching a show, and it took me like two hours because I, I wrote every single person a thank you. Happy birthday. And I said, thank you very much. And I took time to, to go back and talk with them because it meant a lot to me. If you didn't send me a Facebook happy birthday, I love you. You saved time. You were probably doing something else. Good. Great. Have dinner with your family. If it comes between sending somebody a happy birthday on Facebook and having dinner with your family, throw this in the trash can. That's, how, that's what's wrong with our, our relationships are messed up because it's an obligation, isn't it? It's an obligation. He didn't like my status. <laughs> we just had this conversation. I just posted it. I even tagged him. He has not liked it. We're laughing. Some of you look at this phone and go, You've got to be kidding me. That's why they made otter boxes. Did you know that? Disappointment. Up against the wall. On the floor. For me, it's like driving off, you know, when it's on the bumper of your truck. I haven't done that yet, but I wouldn't put it past me. But we we get so mad at instant everything. Instant everything. We love or try to love as conveniently as we can. But are we connecting with our friends really? Think about this. In a world, you were living in this world, in a world where we connect thumbs thumbs to thumbs, Jesus said you should probably connect hugs to hugs. 
Jesus also talks about something else. If you're married, only if you're married, you should connect belly button to belly button. There's like, ooh, hey, that's a sermon I'd like to preach. It's just not for today. You should. Your relationship should honor God. God says that's awesome. That's why he created it. Oh, I'm not taking sex lessons from a 35-year-old. Okay, they're from God. God said sex is good. Our relationship should be built on loving one another more than you love yourself. But all we want to do is say, nope, it's going to be easier if I just do this. Now, I get it. You're out of town. You're out of state. It's easier to call somebody, to text them. Listen, okay, that, I get this. I get it. But there are some times when hugs the hugs way better than thumbs the thumbs. Look at your worship handout with me. Did you know that the word friend is evolving? I talked to you about this last week. I told you that I was going to bring it up. You didn't want to miss it. The word friend is evolving. I gave you some of these stats last week. And when I grew up, I'm, I'm 35 years old, okay? We're talking early 90s. You know what I mean. Uh, groups like, uh, let's see, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, C&C Music Factory, MC Hammer, the man, crisscross. And for, the, and for those late back days, it was when you wanted to be really smooth around the ladies in the early 90s, it was boys to men. They found out that you could sing yesterday, you were in. Yesterday. They're like, oh, I will be your boyfriend. The word friend is evolving. Now, back when I grew up in the early 90s, and some of you are like, well, that was like yesterday. Okay, fine. I grew up in the early 90s. My best friend, my best friend in this entire world is Joshua Drew Kiefer. He's a state cop, uh-oh, out of Carmine. We grew up doing absolutely everything together. Josh Kiefer could tell you things about me during that amount of time that my sister didn't know, that my grandparents didn't know. He could tell you this. If I asked my, if I asked my, if I asked my grandparents How I did something when I fished, how I had a, one of the settings on my reel, how I had it set, they couldn't tell me. Josh knew exactly. He knew exactly how I like to set my bait caster, that I could throw it the farthest or the easiest if we had wind or we didn't have wind. He knew exactly what I liked to fish with. He knew exactly what color my bike was. He also knew that that time when I set up that ramp at my buddy's house and I went up and my front wheel went down first and then I passed myself and I flipped. <laughs> See, he knew things about me. He loved me regardless. But he could tell you things. Why? Because when I was growing up, we were close. Friends were close. You understand what this means. Friends were close. We hung out together. We liked the same movies. Sometimes we liked the same girl. That was bad. But we hung out all the time. We fished. We hunted. We did everything together. I'm not telling you right now that this does not happen today, but it's going away. It's going away. I don't think it happens as often. You can get, you can get live chat on Xbox. Just talk to your friends while you're playing. Listen, we are designed as humans to engage with other people. Jesus talks about that. We're going to talk about it in just a second. But I told you this stat last week. High school students, the average high school student in America, depending on which statistic thing that you look at, has over 300 Facebook friends, a majority of whom they have never physically met. Whoa. 
adults. Average in America. If you ask any adult on an average in America, they would tell you this. I have two people that I consider close friends. Two. And scientists are very worried because that number is going down because it was at six. I'm not going to tell you that it's the only thing. But I think social media has a big deal. We, we have the fear of missing out. We can't miss out. Instead of loving others, look, when you check yourself, you're, in, you're going inward. I was inward looking at what, my, what I wanted to look at. And my daughter's sitting here trying to show love to me in a very human, very engaging way. And I said, okay. <sighs> tell you what, it was like a punch in the gut. Our relationships are suffering. Our relationships are being broken. Instead of love or hugs, we send emojis of smiley faces and keep on scrolling. Why do we do this? Because this, look at the next blank in your worship handout. In a society of right now and instant, we are becoming addicted to immediate affirmation. This is a big deal. If I'm feeling low at my house, I can say, hmm, I'm going to write a Bible verse because people like the Bible. And I'm going to get somebody that likes it immediately. I could post right now. And none of you, none of you would have to. I could post something. Somebody somewhere that I'm friends with would probably go, like, whatever that means. I mean, they're not telling me. They're just pushing a button, okay? They're not, nothing verbal to tell me that they like this. But we are immediate Immediate affirmation addicts. We post a picture to get likes. We post a Facebook status to get people's approval. Listen, there has been no easier day to be a codependent person than with social media. You want, I want to be liked by people. Put whatever you want. It's completely moldable. You put whatever you want out there. It's like a Starbucks for codependent people. I want this, but not this. I want this, but not this. I want this. If none of you have ever ordered coffee at Starbucks, you'll understand when you do. You can get exactly what you want. Some people want their religion just like a Starbucks coffee. They want skinny instead of the whole. They want, they want, they want, it, they want it heated or cold. They want it iced or hot. They want all kinds of different things. They want it exactly how they want it. Contrary to popular belief, God's word isn't manipulatable by us. It's not. God's word is God's word. And we are stuck in a world right now with immediate affirmation. So we're talking about Facebook. You think right now that I think that Facebook is just awful, but I don't. So I'll tell you a story. I'll show you a picture. Some of you have probably seen this. It's a cartoon that was on Facebook. Now we're talking about immediate affirmation. Imagine me, if you will. Across here on the cartoon is a starting line. It says immediate affirmation 5K. And they're like this. And all, but all these people have their, their, their bibs on and they're all ready to go. And, the, and on the bottom of it, there's, there's the words. And it's the announcer. And he says, on your marks, get set, go. Now please come over here and get your free t-shirt. Some of you did not, did not hear that? Ready, set, go. Okay, you're done. Immediate affirmation. Listen, I've ran 5Ks. Guess what? It's not that easy. To get the shirt, you have to finish. And I'm like, hmm. I don't want to finish. In immediate affirmation world, it says this. Just think about doing it, and we'll give you a t-shirt. It's exactly what it's meaning. 
Just think about it. Look at your worship handout. Look at the next blank. Because of this instantaneous life involving social media, we now have the power to do friendship on our own terms. This should be exceptionally scary to you. I'm t- this is scary. A person now has this. They have power. Watch, watch. I'll show you. You think about your childhood friend. Now think about Facebook friends. Watch this. You now have the power, power, to ignore, to confirm friendships. Do you remember what it was like to make friends? Now it's confirm. I don't know you. Confirm. You, well, you could be a scary person. Confirm. You don't like the same things I do. Confirm. You don't want to make anybody mad. They can say something to you on Facebook or they can keep on scrolling. You control what you do. You do not have to physically connect with anyone. I am not, reverting to this again, I am not against social media. I have Facebook and I have Twitter. But Facebook and Twitter do not connect like God designed us to connect. Yes, there are tools that we can use. Man, if I can't be, if I can't be with so-and-so, I say, listen, and I've done that with some of you. I say, listen, I can't be there, but know that I'm praying, or I'll call you, and I'll say, let me pray for you right now. Some of you are sitting in right now that I have physically called and I have physically prayed with you. I couldn't be there. This technology gives us the opportunity for me to be there to attempt to touch your life physically without being there. That's really cool. But oftentimes, it's the only thing that we do. You do, not have to, you, don't, you do not have to connect with anyone, or you can connect with someone, but it's not like sitting down with them and having coffee. It is not like giving them a hug and telling them that you are there if you need them. Watch this. I got to do that within the last week. It was one of the greatest pleasures I've ever had in my life. And guess what? The people that I visited with were not having a Sesame Street day. And it was awesome to be able to be there, to put my arms around them, to tell them that I love them and that I was praying for them, and then I prayed with them. We need to do more of this. This is how Jesus said, they will know you by your love. They will know you by your love. We have transformed what being a friend looks like. In Hebrews, I told you we're going to be in Hebrews. Don't take the time to turn there. We're going to be here real quick. Look at the next verse on the screen. Hebrews 10, 24. It says this, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Acts of love and good works. Listen, salvation is what saves us. That's what we believe here at Connection. But because of that, it should, it should want, make us want to act out to show people our love. This is why this. When Ken Jane comes up to me, he says, hey, I got an idea for community loving. I'm like, sweet. You know why? Do you know why people are impacted by our community loving activities? We seek to meet a need. And there are actually people present. Really? We handed out gift cards in the mall. I've got, this, I've got this reaction. I said, ma'am, our church is doing this for Christmas. 
we just want you to have a $10 gift card to this store. I don't need that. Please try to give me $10 and, tell, and I will not tell you that I do not need it. I'll say, thank you. Why do we impact people's life at a gas giveaway? They come in, we meet a need for them. We say, watch this. It's not the take out your debit card or however you pay for gas. Receipt, get in your car. How much activity of a human did you just have? None. That's why, listen, my wife's dad, some of you are going to go on a road trip after I tell you this. Some of you do not know this fact about me or my wife's family. Ready? Mary's dad still owns and operates a full-service gas station. I physically think, I know the people in this town, I physically think Gary Bagby could charge $7 a gallon, he would still be busy. And I'm not joking. Do you know why? Human contact. Listen, this is business. This is a business thing. Humans relate with people. Oftentimes, because he has to hire the help to pump, he has to be about a nickel higher than everybody else in town. And there's like two other people in town. He's higher. Guess what? I've worked for him. Guess how busy I was? Crazy. Crazy. He also delivers fuel to farmers personally. Wow. It's like this new concept. We have no idea. Some of us have never been to a full-service gas station. Listen, I'm talking tire pressure. I'm talking windshield. He'll change your wipers. They'll replace fuses. They'll do all kinds of stuff just right there. Check all the fluids. Listen, I can't get out of town. If I stop up at the gas station to get ready to go home because I have his, his daughter and his two grandkids in there, you have no idea what he checks on my car. He's like, okay, we'll check the rotors. Okay. I mean, he starts talking about stuff about cars. I'm like, I have no idea what he's talking about. He's like, I'm going to check this and check this. I'm like, I didn't even know we had that. Listen, I know that Gary Bagby loves me because he shows me. I know that Gary cares about his customers. Why? He shows them. We're talking straight business, but watch how it relates. People in Fayette, Missouri, and around, come to Gary Bagby's home oil shop because when they come in, they're not a number. They're a person. How about this? This is going to blow some of your mind. You ready? He still operates with tickets, and they come in at the last part of the month, and they pay their bill. I know. <laughs> they will know who you are by the way you show love. Listen, if it works in business, do you not think it will work in our spiritual walk? Man, look at the next verse. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. The writer of Hebrews, listen, when Jesus ascended into heaven and he left and he went to heaven, the disciples, everybody that saw him and everybody that was living during that time literally thought Jesus was going to take like a vacation for a couple weeks and then he was going to come back. Literally, they thought it was going to be within their lifetime. Not yet. So what do we do? We show love. They will know you by your love today. 2,000 years ago, after he taught this, we should still be doing the same thing. 
We should show our love. But instead, we want to say, oh, I can find something to do on here. We don't need a connect group. We don't need church. We don't need these relationships. This author in Hebrew, he disagrees. There was the, there's a story that most of you are probably familiar with. There's a pastor that visits a guy in the church that has not been at church for a long time. He knocks on the door. The guy says, come in. It's the only words exchanged. He walks in. The guy's sitting in his front room. He's looking at his fireplace, roaring fire. Pastor stands right next to him for a couple minutes. He walks up, gets those great big tongs. He gets in the very, very center of that fire, pulls out the most on fire. We, at my house, when we go camping with my girls, it's called the devil's kitchen. It's the hottest part of the fire. We go in there, and he, out of the devil's kitchen, he gets this great big coal, and he sits it off to the side. He takes the tongs off of it, and he just stands back by that guy. And the roaring fire keeps going. And you look over here, and that really, really bright orange starts to dim immediately. Dim, 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 dim. They sit there for three or four minutes. It's almost black. And instead of using the tongs that had been left out in the cold too long, the pastor reached in, he grabs a piece of wood, throws it right back in the devil's kitchen, and it explodes into flame again. When we neglect to meet together, your flame will go out in a hurry. You know that. You know that. Listen, I went to school. I went to college. The first two years of college, I went to church one time. You know why I went one time? It was mandatory. I wanted everything to do not with church. Guess where that led? Oh, prosperity, wealth, health, awesome. No. You know. When I neglected my meeting, when I neglected the love of other people, guess what? My life got worse and worse and worse. And then it may plateau. I'm like, it cannot get any worse than this. And it just kept going down until I realized, okay, Matt, let's not neglect meeting together. Let's not just thumb-to-thumb locate somebody and thumb-to-thumb relate with somebody. Let's connect. Enter a guy from Fayette named John Overstreet. And he came to me and he said, hey, do you go to church anywhere? I said, nope. Don't really want to either. He said, okay, how about you just come out and hang out with me at my shop sometime? Okay, fine. I don't have anything to do. Then he goes, hey, do you like to hunt? (laughs) Okay. How about this? His family's on this ground since before the Civil War. They have 840 continuous acres. That's over a square mile. It's over a section. If you know about land, it's over. That's huge. Huge. And he said, hey, do you hunt? Yeah. He goes, you want to hunt this? Yes. Yes. And through hunting, watch this. John, John Overstreet used hunting, mentoring me. He helped me memorize some scripture. He brought me. Some of you are going to think this is absolutely crazy. He showed his love to me by this. I was a college baseball player. We are always, always hungry. Always. Always. Cafeteria had hours they were closed. We didn't like those hours. John would come up to my room with literally, he would have boxes of Triscuits, and really, really, really good pepper jack cheese. And he would have a couple gallons that he made himself of blue Kool-Aid. To this day, it's still my favorite snack in the world. But when I eat it, every single time I eat that, I remember the sacrifices and the love that he showed me. I was a punk. My wife didn't even want to talk to me the first time that I talked to her. I was a punk. All John saw was this. I'll never forget this. We, we, we had a relationship for about a month, and he sprang this on me. He said, you know, 
I think I've been exactly where you've been. What do you mean? No way. He goes, can I try? I said, okay, go ahead. He took a great big breath and goes, all right, let me see. Your dad's a pastor. You've always been raised in church. You probably know the answer to everything in Sunday school. You got really bored and really dull with church because you didn't want to hear anything you've already heard again. Then you saw people not respect your dad really well, saying, and you've already told God that you don't want to be a pastor someday because you don't want to find out the way that he's been treated. So you blame God, and then when you turn 18, you go to college and do whatever you want just because you want to fit in because you never fit in, in your life. Yeah. He said, I've been there. And because he'd been there, he was able to show me love, not thumbs to thumbs. He put his arm around me. He said, I'm going to walk right through this with you. Do you know who I see every time I go to Fayette? Besides Mary's family? Linda and Lawrence and John and Jeff. Who I cannot leave their house without staying for a meal today. They show me their love. They showed me how much they loved God by the way they loved me. It's something that we were getting out of practice with. I had five members of connection this week. Not this. We physically put our arms around each other in a circle. And they pray for you. And they prayed for this town, and they prayed for me, and they prayed for themselves, and they prayed for other people. I think, man, what spiritual, mature people. Besides me, there wasn't anybody in the group over 22. They will know you by your love. There are some pastors, if, if someone came into their church and said, hey, I want to pray for you, they might pass out. Because it just doesn't happen. Show your love. Look, look at the next blank in your worship handout. It's vitally important in this age that we be present and engaged. I am so beyond blessed at getting messages and Facebook messages and happy birthday and hey, man, I just want to text you to tell you what I'm praying for. That happens. I get that. I appreciate that. I hope you get that too. But, but, there's a difference. It's vitally important in this age that we be present and engaged. There is a difference between in the last two weeks, I could have texted someone and said I said this. They texted me, they were, going to, they were having a very, 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 very bad two days in a row. And I said, hey, I'm going to be at your house at 4.15, will you be there? You don't have any excuse. We were already set to meet. We're just going to meet at your house. I want to meet with you. I want to pray for you. I didn't get a text back that said, no, please don't come. We haven't cleaned the house. Their house was spotless, by the way. Maybe they're really fast at cleaning. I don't know. But anyway, I got over there at 4.15, and I got to talk with them. And I got to explain some things with them. And I got to tell them that I have absolutely been in the same exact situation. And then I hugged them. And then I prayed with them. And then I left. There is a difference between thumbs to thumbs and hugs to hugs. I know that. I've had the text message. 
And there's sometimes I just need it. This week, I'm telling you, this week, I had people, five people from Connection under the age of 23. I said, we want to pray with you. Yes. Yes. I needed that so much. If you don't think that we need human contact, I want to challenge you to watch this show. Watch Alone. Alone is a survival show on Vancouver Island. If you're a hunter, you know what Vancouver Island is. They have, they have black bears that are over eight feet long. It is a trophy paradise for animals of hunters. They also have the world's largest population of big kitties. That would be the mountain lion. Now, they put ten guys. I'm not going to spoil this for you, but we're not that far in the season. And there's not a whole lot of people left. They said, one guy said, I can deal with the bears, I can deal with the cougars, I can deal with survival, I just don't have anybody to talk to. If you've seen the movie, what is that movie with the, oh, Castaway. Now, I got upset at that movie, and I wanted to walk out because I think, I'm thinking, I'm like, I would not wait seven years to get off the island, but anyway, I just didn't like the ending of it. But, but the Castaway, where he has no one to talk to, except who? Wilson, see, you guys are movie goers. You need to call me. We'll go to the movie sometime. Wilson is a volleyball. Some of these guys in Alone are getting there. They're like, oh, I like this tree. It's my friend. I'm I watch the thing. I'm like, dude, you have lost it. <laughs> we require, we require human companionship. We require hugs, not thumbs. We require hugs. First Peter 4, 8, look it on your screen. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sin. Investing your time to have relationship with other people can have eternal significance. How do I know that? I am a product of that. John looked past my multitude of stupid. That was what it was in my life. A multitude of stupid. Rebellion, all kinds of stuff. My multitude of excuses, my multitude of everything else. And he says, no, no, no. I understand where you are. I want to love you. Why? Because it can have eternal significance. I, I often ask him, I said, I said, so... What happened to the campus after we left? Was there, we always wanted to start a Christian club. He said, actually, my sister, Jesse, went to school there. I said, oh, yeah? He said, I went on a campus to help her. John's older than me. He went, he went to help his sister on campus and began to just talk with students and talk about this ministry that they were getting started. There were zero people, unless they met in my room. For, there was like three or four of us on the occasion that we wanted to talk about God. There were three or four of us. And John said, I began to do what I did with you, with these other guys. And he said, it's taken off to the point where I put somebody else in charge and kind of stepped away. I said, wow, that's awesome. How many are you running? Ten? They got, do they have 20? He said, here, I look at the, look at the yearbook. And they, got the, they got the college yearbook and they opened it up and said, look, there were 156 people. Why? Because he chose to invest chose to invest. He loved them. 
Eternal significance. Look at 1 John 3, 18. Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. This means this. Transfer this to 2015. It means this. Don't post on my wall or send me a text message. Let's meet and have coffee. Let's meet and hang out. Come over and hang out at our connect group. Come over and hang out and eat something at my house. This is why Hardee's and McDonald's If you're a morning person, you're going to understand this. Humans have to relate with one another. That is why the old guys and the old ladies and the young guys and the young ladies are always at McDonald's and Hardee's in the morning. They get to hang out. My wife, literally. And and, and some of you are going to think, well, that's negative. You're talking about older guys. Listen, most of them are past retirement age. That's the only reason I use that. But Mary knows that's my goal in life. I want to be one of those guys. I knew that baseball is gone. I was too old to enter the draft now. Man, I, I want to be one of those guys. If I could just be one of the guys off grumpier old men, I think my life would be awesome. <laughs> Listen, I want to be one of those guys. I want to be one of them. I hope, I hope those people at Hardee's, they see us come in. We should seriously think about investing for connection, investing in stock in Hardee's. I think it's profitable. We have so many people there that we meet One of these days, one of these days, one of these days, one of those cashiers, because somebody has connected with somebody, is going to show up here. Why? Because it's not about, hey, I just need a coffee. It's, how are you doing today? And they they do this. I'm sorry. What would you say? They're a cashier, and they don't have interaction with people. Because people walk up, "Uh, number six, please. That's it. Oh, you got it wrong? And then they're upset. The only thing they have to deal with people is people that are upset. Show your love in a world full of instant everything. Take, te- take time today to sit down, enjoy a glass of tea or coffee, milk and Oreos with someone else. I'm going to go sit down. Whenever I go home, I want to sit around a table with my wife and my two girls. I don't care this is. If you text me this afternoon and I don't immediately text you back, it's not because I hate you. See, that's what we revert that to. Oh, he was just on Facebook. What, he's, not, he's not doing that. Well, he's got to hate me. Instantly, I become an enemy and I'm having lunch with my family. That's what we need to, we need to step back and say we have a freedom to love people in relationship. Not thumbs to thumbs. Hugs to hugs. Maybe before you leave here today, you need to do this. You need to go to the person, to a person right here, right now, that you know is going through a difficult time in their life. And instead of saying, hey, Facebook message, I know you're going through a rough time, blah, 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 okay, that's great, but you're here with them. Go give them a hug. Tell them that you're praying for them. Oh, I don't know. Pray for them. I'm locking up today. I'll wait. Pray for them. This world needs the full service. We're missing out. We have instant. If you know that person is going through a difficult time, I want you to go give them a hug. I want you to tell them that you love them, and I want you to pray for them. And if you say that you're going to pray for them, it is a sin if you do not pray for them. Pray for them. Jesus said that this world will know my followers by their love. So if you go to Applebee's or you go to somewhere else or you go to your home or you go wherever or you go buy your lunch at a grocery store and then you're going to go home, show 
your love. I'll show you how weird that is to this world. I'm not telling you this because, oh, look at Matt. He's so holy. He's so, listen, I'm not being a Pharisee standing in front of you saying, look at me. I'm telling you this to, to, so that you can understand. I go through the McDonald's drive-thru, and I had a certain amount of cash with me. And I got, I've had one, by the way, in the last two weeks. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going a little bit nuts. I had one sweet tea in two weeks. Pray for me. So I'm in line at McDonald's and I get a sweet tea. Why? Because they use way too much sugar and it's good. You know that. I'm in line and, and it's a dollar nine, whatever it is, dollar nine. And I get in my wallet and I said, How much is the is the bill to the people behind me? Now I don't know who they were buying for. It was like twenty-six dollars. <laughs> I've never seen listen, I didn't have that much money, so this is what I did. I took a ten dollar bill out of my wallet. And I said, here's, here's from mine. Okay, I got my change. And I said, I want you to take this $10, and I want you to give it and apply it to that lady's order. Make it, make it $12 or $13 instead of 20-something. And in, in, the, in, in the front part of my head, I'm like, man, if you can't take care of it all, it's not going to matter. Watch. I go to the next window. I get my tea as quickly as I can because I do not want. I know that that lady has to do some explaining, and I have a little window of time to leave. Listen, I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to get praised for this. Okay? So I go up. I get my tea, put it in, and there was somebody waiting for their food in front of me. And I'm kind of waiting around, and this lady finally comes out. She goes, ma'am, can you pull up so we can get out? I'm like, thank you. And, and I shot out. And I get ready to turn. I'm, I'm, right, I'm, right, I'm right in the middle of town. I'm getting ready to turn and go west. And I turn out, and I happen to look back, and I had seen that lady when I got my tea. She was going, she's like, she's like that guy? I mean, I can see her just, just hand directions and she pays for this, and I get ready to leave. And like this much of her body was hanging out the window doing this. <laughs> it does not matter if you give them $10, if you do not give them any money, or you give them a sandwich. Let me tell you something. Jesus said, this world will know my followers by their love. By their love. Not by their yelling, not by their bickering, not by their petty stuff. By their love. By their love. I can't, I, I can't describe to you. As I, as I left, I'm like, wow. That was so, that was so awesome. God, I'm so thankful that I was able to give $10 of my money just away. I don't care. Wow. Use it to them. They may have, they may have needed it. I don't know. Listen, I didn't on purpose look at her, at her license plate. I know what kind of vehicle it is, and I don't care if she even lives here. I don't care who it is. I don't know who it is. The only thing I do know is she's never been here. I, I, I didn't recognize her face, so she may have been here way early, but I don't think she's been here. Jesus said, my followers will be known in this world because of the way they love. If you need to go to that person this morning after I pray, we're going to have some music on. You catch them before they leave the door. You catch them in there. It's, it's cooler inside. It's going to be a hundred and some thousand degrees today. I don't know what they said. Well, let's pray. God, we thank you for the way that you show us love. God, the way that we are told that this world will know who we are by the way we love. Let us love without condition today. God, let us love people like you love people. Challenge us, God. Make us different. Make us a church and a group of people that sees needs and they meet them. That the world will see, that, that, that Mount Vernon will see 
Oh, you're not just a person that goes to connection. You're a person that's a follower of Jesus because I can tell by the way that you love. God, help us to love that way right now, today. As we eat, as we go somewhere else today, as we come back for the 430 service, let us love. In your name we pray. Amen.